0: The Unity Fort Worth podcast. This podcast is from the evening Ash Wednesday service. Hope you enjoy it. Good evening, and welcome to our Ash Wednesday service. To open this um, contemplative service and begin our journey through the Lenten season, we will start with a reading from Unity called Release and Renew, Lent 2022. I release problems that seem overwhelming. I renew my awareness of my spiritual nature. I release a habit of judging others. I renew my commitment to see the divine in all beings. I release doubt, confusion, and indecision. I renew my divine power of wisdom. I release my fear of moving forward and I renew my willingness to step out in faith. I release pessimism and negative thinking. I renew my positive expectations. I release my habit of worrying. I renew my faith in divine order. I release discontent and criticism. I renew my gratitude in all things. I release any apathy or boredom. I renew my zeal and enthusiasm. I release any belief in limitations. I renew my sense of possibility. I release the fear of not having enough. I renew my awareness of abundance in my life. I release any drama or conflict. I renew my inner peace and spirit. I release any sense of discouragement. I renew my hope with the power of affirmative prayer. I release the habit of digging in my heels. I renew my practice of non-resistance. I release thoughts or fears of illness. I renew my openness to the healing power of spirit. I release fears of being alone. I renew my connection with spirit self, and others. I release old grudges and resentments. I renew inner peace by forgiving. I release any need to complain. I renew my outlook through appreciation. I release anger and blame. I renew my patience and compassion. I release my darkest fears I renew the strength and courage of my heart. I release the shadows of grief and sorrow. I renew myself in the serenity of silence.
1: Sweet.
2: Blessing the Dust by Jan Richardson. All those days you felt like dust, like dirt, as if all you had to do was turn your face toward the wind and be scattered to the four corners, or swept away by the smallest breath as insubstantial. Did you not know what the Holy One can do with dust? This is the day we freely say, we are scorched. This is the hour we are marked by what has made it through the burning. This is the moment we ask for the blessing that lives within the ancient ashes that makes its home inside the soil of this sacred earth. So let us be marked not for sorrow. Let us be marked not for shame. Let us be marked not for false humility or for thinking we are less than we are, but proclaiming what God can do within the dust, within the dirt, within the stuff of which the world is made, and the stars that blaze in our bones and the galaxies that spiral inside the smudge we bear. by Marie Starr. Unglue your tongue. Talk to wind. Talk to trees. Talk to streams flowing over pebbles. Talk to single blades of grass. Talk to me. Say anything. Say everything. Say nothing at all. Just turn your head toward the sound of sunlight. Rest your eyes on the dance of leaves. Breathe. Inhale hope in tiny particles. Exhale fear invisibly. Let it go the way of words. Falling at your feet, petals of promise, forming paths of purpose, paths of peace, release.
3: Good evening, and welcome to a special Ash Wednesday service. Um, Today, I want to go into a little bit about the deeper meaning of what it means to go through Lent, at least according to unity. Um, Some facts about Lent. First of all, it comes from the English word Lenten for spring, which also means uh, lengthen, lengthening of the days. Lent was first established in 325, Common Era. So to the time, or at the time when Constantine, the Emperor Constantine was um, putting together a lot of the Catholic pra- practices that we know now as Catholic, Catholic practices. And also, first, Lent was only 36 days long. And now it's 40 days. But it's 40 days without Sundays. Why is that? It's because part of Lent means to rest on Sundays. So they didn't count the Sundays as part of Lent. Whereas at the same time, the 40 days also reference to the 40 years of the wandering in the desert by the Israelites and the 40 days that Jesus spent in the desert. Now, those of you familiar with unity metaphysics know that 40 really doesn't really mean 40. It means as long as it takes. So the Israelites were wandering in the desert for as long as it took them to find the promised land. Jesus was in the desert for as long as it took him to conquer the three temptations. So those are just some basic facts about Lent. But how can we actually approach Lent a little bit more deeply when it comes to our spiritual practice? And one way is by looking at the 40 days in the desert specifically, regarding the three temptations. Now, if you remember, or you might not, I always have to look them up every time I talk about them, is the first temptation was turning stone into bread. Temptation was given by the devil. The devil tried to tempt Jesus to use his power. And Jesus usually had a response. The second Temptation, although that differs depending on which gospel you're you're reading, is throwing himself down from the pinnacle and basically showing that he can even conquer death. The devil is tempting him to do that. And the third third thing is to actually worship the devil to reign all of the kingdoms. So those are the three temptations. Now when we look at the response that Jesus gave according to Luke, then to the first temptation, he responded, one does not live by bread alone. Not alone, but alone. Which means that we not only live by feeding ourselves foods. We also live by our spiritual, by being spiritually fed. The second response to throwing himself down from the pinnacle, he says to the devil, do not put the Lord, your God, to the test, which basically means we're not supposed to test our powers all the time. Some of us would like to test them, and many fail, not because the powers don't work, but because we have yet to develop the faith in those powers. And then with the third temptation, Jesus says, worship the Lord your God and serve only him, which refers to our first principle. There's only one presence and one power in our lives and in the universe. So what do those responses mean, though? So when we look at those three temptations, we could actually say the first temptation simply means it's not just about our worldly pleasures alone. We need to look at the spiritual side as well. So when we are tempted, we often are tempted regarding our pleasures, regarding food, money, possessions, power, all the things that we often run after day by day. But then we forget the spiritual. So the temptation here is, or to resist the temptation, will be not to make this just about the pleasures. That's the difference between the wants and the desires. Our wants usually connect to pleasures. Our desires usually connect to what is spiritual. The second temptation is about righteous versus selfish use of powers. So we have these powers that we claim in unity. We have these 12 powers. We claim that we have these powers or the access to those powers infinitely. There is no limitation that are ever being put on those powers ever, uh, except our own limitations. So we have the power of faith, for example, the power of strength, love imagination, and so on. We can use those powers in any way we like. There's really no guidance by anyone except ourselves how we're using these powers, which means we can use those powers for things that end up doing something good in our lives, but often, unfortunately, we mistakenly use those powers and then we end up having some trouble in our lives. So the way we use it really matters. The temptation here is that we accept the responsibility that there is an infinite potential of any power for us available and that we use those powers altruistically, meaning not only for ourselves, but in service to others as well, which is what's meant by righteous and not just for selfish reasons. And the third one, again, there is only one presence and one power in our lives and in the universe. The devil or Satan has no power in comparison to the power of God. The devil is simply a a, a, A figment of imagination of our own collective and individual imagination and the limitation of what God is. The devil is not infinite in potential because it cannot be the same as God. So as we move into Lenten season, we are actually challenged on all those. If you think about any practice you've ever done throughout Lent, You probably find yourself that whatever you did, fasting, not drinking alcohol for Lenten season for example, not eating meat, or not doing certain things, not going out as much, not going uh, to bars or clubs or whatever, it usually has to do with one of those things. So we are learning to fast in order to learn to not follow those temptations. We are entering this time of going into the desert. And every day, our own devil, our own little Satan, the one that's on the shoulder, right? Little angel, little Satan. That will show up every day and test us in those three different areas. So how do we conquer those three temptations. Traditionally, we do this through fasting. And traditionally, fasting means abstaining from the pleasures of the flesh. If you think about anything you've ever done before, when it comes to fasting, it probably has always been connected to something around pleasures, wouldn't you say? Food, alcohol, um, relationships. You know, not spending as much money, usually all connected to pleasures. In unity, however, when we look at Charles Fillmore, our co-founder, what he writes about fasting in the Revealing Word, he says fasting is the abstinence from error thoughts, from wrong way of thinking, to the end that we may meditate upon spiritual truths and incorporate them into our consciousness of oneness with the father in one sentence he describes what we're supposed to do throughout lent we need to stop thinking wrongly and i would add nowadays thinking and feeling wrongly we need to stop sinning which is in unity sin is only interpreted as missing the mark not being right making a mistake we need to stop doing that so that we can learn to align our consciousness with what is actually true and that is the path toward oneness remember lent ends on monday thursday the day before the crucifixion we're preparing ourselves for the day of crucifixion crucifixion in unity is simply the letting go of things that no longer work so throughout for the next 40 days, what we are learning to do is we're learning to figure out what no longer works, what has not worked in our lives at all. And for 40 days, we get to make a decision, are we ready, and are we practicing for 40 days to let go what needs to be gone, so that on Easter, the time of resurrection, we get to resurrect ourselves anew as a new spiritual and human being. Lent is also a time of repentance. Now, repentance is one of those words that I learned in English, apparently pushes a lot of people's buttons, wouldn't you say? When you hear, yeah, see, I see the movements, right? Repentance or repent and all that. And in my work with the circle of clergy, I'm learning also, which is mostly uh, traditional Christian, Southern Baptist, Episcopal, you know, and Pres- Ep- Presbyterian, and so forth, I'm learning that repentance is interpreted in this traditional way, feeling remorse and experience sincere regret. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that, but there's some, somehow a different way of looking at that. And again, Charles Fillmore helps us here. He writes, Repentance is a turning from a belief in sin and error to a belief in God and righteousness, a reversal of mind and heart in the direction of the all good. What that means is, again, by repenting, all we do is we change our mind and heart, and we change it away from error, from missing the mark, from making a mistake to figuring out what's actually true for us. for us, And through that consistent reversal of thinking and feeling wrongly to learning what actually is true, we are repenting. It's a lot easier, isn't it? I like that kind of repenting. I'm not such a fan of the first repenting, right? And probably most of us who sit here tonight or or watch online, there's probably something around that word or similar words that we have learned from traditional upbringing, which may be the reason why we're even sitting here and are part of a unity community, because we like to look at it in a different way, because we are no longer willing to beat ourselves up over so many things in our lives. So which brings me to tonight's ritual. And basically there's two symbols that are going to be important. Two symbols, one more than usually is used in this process that the priests traditionally will be using. And I'm going to draw something on the screen to explain to you what those symbols actually mean. What I'm going to do today when we do the ritual together, I'm going to do the combination of both symbols, the combination of the cross and the circle. And here is why. The cross has two major interpretations that we have in unity. The first interpretation is that the horizontal axis of the cross represents our humanity. It represents the balance of male and female, and it represents the ups and downs that we experience as a human being. The vertical axe represents our spirituality. It's, it represents going from Earth to heaven from the grounding experience to the very up high, uplifting experience to experience God itself. With the cross point of both the humanity and the spiritual is where our salvation lies. It is when we realize that we are perfectly human and perfectly spiritual at the same time. We are perfectly limited and finite as a human being, while we're also perfectly infinite and full of potential as a spiritual being. So that's one major meaning of the cross. The other meaning that I actually kind of like is because it helps me with the interpretation of Bible scripture. The other meaning refers to the Garden of Eden. And if you know a little bit about the topography of the Garden of Eden, there are four rivers. Remember that? Four rivers lead to the Garden of Eden. And they all come together at one point. And those rivers are coming from each of the directions of east, west, south, and north. In metaphysics, we interpret east to be the within and west to be the without. So as we travel from east to west as the Magi have, as they were traveling toward the west to find the baby Jesus in the manger, as we travel from the within to the without, that's our human side. We turn within and we're expressing ourselves and who we are outside. The south and the north reflect the grounding again of the spiritual on earth, how we express our spirituality on earth, and the north part is spirituality itself. And again, in the middle, it all comes together. It's the in toward the out, and the bottom toward the up. So we have some incredible meaning here when it comes to the cross. The circle is actually quite simple. When we have the circle by itself, it's very universal to see the circle as something that represents wholeness, oneness, without flaw infinite perfection you name it right we have our wedding rings are circles a lot of jewelry are circles a lot of sacred symbols are circles because the circle represent no beginning and no end which essentially is also a symbol of god so now we can say the cross represents our daily way of being, human and spiritual, working in and out and in and out. The circle represents the goal, the oneness, God itself. So when we do this, it then becomes all one. And that is the goal. And that is the reason why today we're going to enter the Lenten season by having this simple ritual of putting a cross and a circle on the forehead, which even after you wipe it off tonight will remain on your forehead, on your third eye, on your power of imagination, so you can imagine yourself to what you truly are, a perfect combination of your humanity, spirituality, and God itself. So, as we move into what's called, and I didn't know this until today, because I had to look it up, imposition of ashes. Have you ever heard that? Anyone? So this process is apparently called, in Catholicism, imposition of ashes. Uh, don't ask me why. I looked it up and checked it several times, and said, okay, that's what it's called. And I asked another minister, and said, yeah, that's true imposition of ashes so we're going to use that word (laughs) the traditional imposition is as you as the priest marks your forehead with the cross the cross alone he would say he well in catholicism he would only be a he remember that dust you are and to dust you shall return and this is actually connected to A scripture verse and I don't know I skipped this slide let me see if we can find it maybe the tech team can help me to jump to that slide this is uh, one of the best verses you can ever have it has no words no punctuations and no references which means you can interpret it in any way you like you don't need me you don't need any, any books. You can just do whatever. So the verse is from Genesis 3.19. I haven't uh, memorized it, but it, it is that part where it says, we all come from dust and we all return to dust, and which is why we have in our loss complete control. Let's see if we can go back. Oops. I think I'm fighting with the tech team right now. There you go. All right. This is why the priest says, Remember that dust you are, and to dust shall you return. And to traditional response is either silence or Amen. And it's, it's known that if you say Amen as a response, you actually solidify the blessing that's being given. Now, in unity, here is what we are going to do today because we know now that we are not only the cross, but we're also the circle, we're going to honor that and say, yes, let's remember the dust of our humanity, but also that to spirit we shall return. That is what we're going to do today. And you may respond either with amen or, and so it is, both. Or just silently receive okay I love this one so much better don't you <laughs> okay so let's do it um, we do our ritual first I have some palm leaves um, um, burnt down and uh, put into a paste we're going to all lined up like we did before in uh, just uh, a line of one and I asked the worship team to line up first because they have to take over after it is over soon. So, Larissa, do you want to start first? And to get the. You come down first before you play music. She's too shy. All right, I will come, I'll, I will come up to you. So, we start with the worship team. And then, as you are feel, you don't have to participate, but if you would like to participate, just line up, and then we do this together. ...of your humanity, into spirit, you shall return. Remember the dust of humanity, and to spirit you shall return. All right, so let us now uh, take some time in meditation. <clears throat> let all of this uh, sink in. I know much of this has already been known to you. and Maybe some of it was new. You may accept those ideas, interpretations of those symbols, or bring in your own. Trust your inner knowing. Trust the truth that you already are. Find meaning in the cross, find meaning in the circle, so that you can enter this journey for yourself, with your loved ones. Remember that we're both human in spirit at the same time. We both inherit the enormous power and responsibility to use the potential that we have available to us. And we claim today, we affirm today together, that we do so for the next 40 days and hopefully for much longer than that. We do use those powers righteously. Righteously in a sense of in service to our own divinity and in service to others. We travel along the cross, along the rivers of the Garden of Eden, from east to west, from the within to the without. We ground ourselves through our spiritual practice in the south. And we imagine and lift ourselves up into the north of infinite possibility. We embrace and appreciate the humanity that we are and have. And we celebrate the spirituality that underlies all things. So along the cross of the vertical and the horizontal, We claim the perfection of the expression of God that we are. And we enter this journey toward the circle, the one that has no beginning and no end. Together we realize we are both human and spiritual And we are God enfolding in all creation. We claim this for ourselves, for our friends, our families, loved ones. And we claim this for everyone that we know and don't know, who may be suffering, or may be in need. Today, on this first day of Lent, together we walk on this path toward fully realizing who and what we are. For 40 days, for 46 days, we walk together this path. And as we wash off the cross and the circle tonight. We imagine it to remain. Remain birthed into our third eye so that we will never forget who we truly are. We allow the image of perfection to unfold. and we recognize that our flaws are just ways of learning and changing and growing and moving forward. Deep down, we all deserve to be perfect. So let us be grateful for having a place to go to tonight. A place that we can turn on the TV and click a few buttons and be live right here and right now. Let us be grateful for all those teachings that have come before us and shown us the way. And giving us rituals and inspirations to remember this is who we are. Let us be grateful for everyone who is here today who has made it possible to open the doors, to play music, to sing, to read beautiful poems, to allow the live stream to work, to make this all happen for all of us. Let us be grateful for all those who support our community in whatever way they do. Let us be grateful for each other. Because without each other, we will be at a loss, a loss so deep that we may not even understand right now. Let us be grateful for these teachings. These teachings that sometimes are clear and may be confusing, but teachings that are soft and kind, allowing us to learn to be compassionate. So with that gratitude in mind, the kindness in our hearts, the forgiving attitude that's surrounding us right now, Together we enter this Lenten season with conviction, with faith, that we in truth are already at home, and so it is. Amen.
4: Rend Your Heart by Jan Richardson. To receive this blessing, all you have to do is let your heart break. Let it crack open. Let it fall apart so that you can see the secret chambers, the hidden spaces where you have hesitated to go. Your entire life is here inscribed whole upon your heart's walls every path taken or left behind, every face you have turned toward or turned away, every word spoken in love or in rage, every line of your life you would prefer to leave in shadow, every story that shimmers with treasures known and those you have yet to find. It could take you days to wander these these rooms, 40 at least. And so, let this be a season for wandering, for trusting the breaking, for tracing the tear that will return you to the one who waits, who watches, who works within the rending to make your heart whole.
0: If you'd like to contribute to what we're doing and what we are about, you can do so right now as our ushers come around. We know that many of you already give online, so please feel free to place your hand over the basket to bless the offerings. If you would like to give today, feel free to do so in any way that you choose. Let us bless our offerings and our community together. Divine love flowing through me, blesses and multiplies, All that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive, I am grateful. Thank you for joining us for this special Ash Wednesday service. Before we sing our last song this evening, I want to share this poem with you by Mary Oliver. It is called The Swan. Across the wide waters, something comes floating, a slim and delicate ship filled with white flowers, and it moves on its miraculous muscles as though time didn't exist, as though bringing such gifts to the dry shore was a happiness almost beyond bearing. And now it turns its dark eyes. It rearranges the cloud of its wings. It trails an elaborate web foot, the color of charcoal. Soon it will be here. Oh, what shall I do when that poppy-colored beak rests in my hand? Said Mrs. Blake of the poet, I miss my husband's company. He is so often in paradise. Of course, the path to heaven doesn't lie down in flat miles. It's in the imagination with which you perceive this world and the gestures with which you honor it. Oh, what do I do? What will I say when those white wings touch the shore? listening to the Unity Fort Worth podcast of the Ash Wednesday service. Remember you can always go back on unityfortworth.org and find podcasts of all the services as well as find out everything that's going on at Unity Fort Worth.